And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me once again, former Leicester City captain, Leicester City legend, Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? I'm good, thank you, Rob. Uh, pleasure as always to have the honour of talking with yourself and discussing all things football, and in particular Leicester City. And we've got plenty to discuss because the games are coming thick and fast and uh, we just had uh, the Monday night clash with Fulham. Uh, I remember a, a couple of weeks ago, Matt, we were talking about what if they go to Liverpool and win? Yeah. Well, they've lost two on the bounce now. It's just, <laughs> It just goes to show how quickly it can change in the Premier League and it certainly has changed for Leicester City and they, and they needed a last-minute uh, equaliser in Braga as well just to, to clinch their qualification through to the knockout stage of the Europa League. But what did you make of, of Monday night's defeat against Fulham? Because it wasn't one that we were expecting. Yeah, we should know better by now, Rob, shouldn't we? Rather than to predict and discuss such uh, situations. But, you know, it's right to sort of mull these things over, isn't it? You know, the, the possibility, the opportunity was there for Leicester against Liverpool. And we've spoken about that before. You know, it didn't materialise. They underperformed. And then it was how about the... How do they go about? So, you know, dusting themselves down and, and moving forward. And um, Fulham posed the question on, on Monday night. And I, I thought they were excellent, by the way, before we sort of analysed Leicester's performance. You could see, Scott Parker had spoken before about, despite their lowly position and lack of points they picked up, he, he was actually pleased generally with, with, with his team. You know, he had lots of good signs and you thought, is this just defiant talk? Uh, because I hadn't seen that much of Fulham. But in the flesh, so they were bright, they were energetic, they had a lot of spirit about themselves. And, uh, yeah, I was I was quite impressed with them. Conversely, with Leicester, the Leicester were off the pace, weren't they, again? Which is it's disappointing because I think before the game, you know, you look at it and you think, well, OK, Liverpool... Give them benefit of doubt with that one. Um, and previous games earlier in the season, you know, the performance against West Ham, I think they took their eye off the ball. Um, and there was a little bit of hangover with the, with the Leicester Villa game, although that was a tight margin. But you'd think that Leicester would learn from that. They must have known what was coming when Fulham came to town on Monday night because they weren't just going to sort of give up and relinquish the three points, were they? And Leicester, I don't know, they, they weren't on their game. That's for sure. You go throughout the whole team. And there weren't any real positive performances that stood out. Fulham totally deserved their win. Well, I looked at some of the stats before the game against Fulham and there was some that leapt out to me that were incredibly surprising. And I uh, based my match piece around that. And you can catch that now on the Athletic website and app. And to celebrate Black Friday week, we've given you the chance to subscribe to the Athletic for our best ever price. It's just £1 a month for a full 12 months and you can cancel any time. So you can access all of the Athletic all year long, including all of our podcasts ad-free. We'll bring you unrivaled Leicester coverage for an unbeatable price and we won't be running a better deal any time. 
sometime soon. This offer runs until December the 4th, so don't miss out. Go to theathletic.com forward slash LeicesterPod and pay just £1 a month for 12 months. Uh, this offer is for new subscribers only. If you want to read the article I'm about to discuss with you, because I was really surprised, actually, at some of the stats um, that drew up. Leicester could have gone top. With a with a big win over Fulham, they could have gone yeah. top, or they certainly would have gone joint top of the Premier League. Yet they were bottom of the table in terms of chances created and chances created from open play before that game on Monday night. It was really, really surprised me. So we had a little bit more of a dig and to look at some of the stats. Since then, uh, I think only Burnley uh, are lower than Leicester in those stats. But yeah. Leicester's conversion rate, which was obviously dramatically helped by the fact that they've converted seven penalties of their 19 goals this season now. Um, so that does change the shape of it a little bit. But their conversion rate is incredibly high. Their XG is incredibly high as well. So they're having less chances, less shots, because also in terms of total shots, they were quite low down in the stats as well. Um, but they're better chances and they're more clinical. But this t- tends to be predominantly on the road. The home form is the problem. That's four defeats out of eight in all competitions at King Power Stadium. Only the one on the road. Home form really has been an issue, and it seems to be creativity. I mean, they're creating great uh, opportunities, but certainly not enough uh, against sides like Fulham, like Villa, like West Ham. Teams that sit back and defend deep, um, they struggle to break them down. I'm surprised that they're as low as they are in in the stats table for... I, I know chances or abundance of chances <laughs> sort of are a premium, aren't they? Because they, uh, you get that impression, but I didn't realize that they would be that low down, which is, it is a bit of a concern, really, because you look at it and go, okay, you know, at home, away teams come and they sit deep, but that, that's a problem for, for every team in the league, really, when they're playing at home and other teams seem to be dealing with it a little bit better. But it, it, it's a little bit of a consequence of, of how Leicester play their football. It, you know, it, it's quite patient at time at home, sort of you know, quite structured. And as you mentioned there, they, they, they do try and create high quality openings. And um, that would be the reason for the, the conversion rate. You know, I suppose that that's quite, quite clear and obvious. Um, without wanting to bring VAR into the equation because it's getting complicated enough. But, yeah, I mean, you look at it, I, I do think Leicester could be a bit more dynamic and a bit more aggressive in their play at home. Um, you know, it's like everything. You, you need a, a balance of things, don't you, really? You know, you're you talking about shots from distance, maybe. Um, and I think you touched on it there quickly, Robert. You know, there's an old saying that, Seamus McDonough, our goalkeeping coach back in our era, used to shout out regularly, you know, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. You know, if you don't shoot, you're not going to score. And now I know that's a little bit primitive, maybe, and a little bit basic, but I do think Leicester should take a little bit more of a gamble at times. You know, don't always wait for the, the perfect opportunity. You know, they've got players within the team that can shoot from distance. Pratt's got a decent strike. Tillemans, Madison, we know. Under as well. You know, he doesn't mind a shot when he cuts in from the right-hand side, given the opportunity. But as much as anything, I I think this is just one instance, by the way. You have a strike from distance. Obviously, you need a certain amount of quality, but you're not even necessarily looking to score. You make the keeper work. It becomes a bit of a threat. All of a sudden, it draws out the opposition defensive midfielders at the very least because they think, hang on a minute, all of a sudden, they'll come that extra five yards close and try and close you down, 
gives you pockets of space in and around the edge of the penalty box. You know, the likes of Madison and Vardy and Barnes. You get into good positions as well. So it stretches the opposition defence as well. It gives them something else to think about a little bit. So, yeah, I think Leicester would be well served to, to back themselves a little bit more from distance in and around those areas. Well, one of the, uh, the, the big talking points after the game, and certainly amongst the fans on social media and on our, our website and app in the comments section, because we always have a chat, the writers always have a chat with the fans afterwards uh, online, um, they kept um, asking about the system. Because yeah. the system away from home, the, the, the five at the back as it is away from home with the two wing-backs breaking forward seems to work superbly. We've seen some of the performances at Man City and Arsenal. They, they, they stand out. But um, they're so consistent with that uh, that system and they are a big threat on the road. They've tried to employ the same system a lot at home and it doesn't seem to quite give them the same attacking verve. I mean, they went into the game uh, against Fulham without under, without Barnes. So you've got no natural wide players on the pitch. Your width is coming from your two uh, wing-backs, yeah. which are James Justin and Luke Thomas, two very young lads. So they've got the responsibility of providing your width. Um, and everything else was so narrow. Um, and a lot of fans are saying, well, why is Brendan persisting with this this system on home? Should should we have a different game plan for home games? I think it's a fair question. It was a point that I was discussed uh, before the game. On Monday, you could see... Once you saw the team sheet, there was going to be a you know, back three, back five. Um, and Pratt coming in as well instead of Barnes. So it meant there was you know, an even greater sort of lack of width and pace, if you like, because you know, Pratt's got lots of attributes, but pace is not one of them. Neither is that an attribute for Madison. So you knew straight away that the wingbacks were going to be crucial and you know, much emphasis on them and as you say you know, two relatively young players not, not that they're not capable but that's where Fulham did exceptionally well didn't they They'd perhaps did their homework a little bit were a bit preemptive. Um but on the night it, it, their wing backs basically matched up Leicester's and they dealt with them they nullified them didn't they so that that sort of cancelled out that threat and then it was sort of Scratching your head a little bit, thinking, oh, right, OK, they've been cancelled out. Where, where do we go from here? That, that's the impression I got. Um, subsequently, uh, Leicester made the change in the second half and a little bit more progressive, wasn't it? But at the same time, Fulham were 2-0 up. They were quite happy to sit back. So, you know, would that have been the case if the score had been level pegging? We don't know. But um, it's, it's fine lines. It's fine lines. We have to be mindful of this. I mean, Fulham started well. You know, bright. So you knew straight away it was going to be a challenge. But I mean, remember that, that the strike from Tillemans that hit the post that was followed up by Fafana, who somehow uh, didn't. Hit the bar, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, for all the world, it looked like he was going to get his opening goal for Leicester. And not long after that, Leicester went one 0 down, didn't they? And it's not to say that Leicester would be totally abject on the evening playing that system, but I, I can understand people's frustration. Put it that way. For me, the, the, the best football Leicester have played, uh, irrespective of, of results, but you know the results did go inside. It was, it was the start of last season, the first 18, 20 games or so. They were letting loose, weren't they? They were cutting teams to shreds, really. They, you know, just carving them open and playing some lovely attacking, free-flowing football. Now, I, I, I'm not saying you can perform like that every week and tactics are a big part of it, but... I mean, there is the possibility. It sounds a little bit basic, but why not? Brendan Rodgers speaks about adaptability and flexibility and wanting to play different systems. What's wrong with playing one system at home and another away? I think Leicester have got the personnel. 
you know, to to go into that as it was before the four one four one system or four two three one if you like, if you want to shore things up a little bit in midfield, depending who the opposition are. But I think they need to perhaps let go of the uh, let go of the let them off the leash a little bit. I don't know, mm. you know, and see how they get on at home because what they're doing at the moment is not working, is it? Quite clearly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Are they victims of their own success as well? Because you mentioned they're the form at the start of last season, which did take everybody by surprise. And they've started this season as well in a, a similar sort of vein. And suddenly there's a respect that is shown to them by the way teams then line up. And yeah. also, if they see that the, the success that West Ham had and Villa to an extent, and now certainly Fulham, they're going to get more of this. Uh, as well at home uh, where the sides just sit so deep and then invite you on and then try and break on you. And what's really surprised me is how vulnerable, certainly against West Ham and on Monday, Leicester have been in that back three. Now, you've played in a back four and you've played in a back three. What are the plus and the minuses of those systems? I think that helped, actually, Leicester, the the start of last season, you know, refer to why they played so well. I think part of the reason is teams were coming and being a bit naive. Yeah, they were coming to Leicester and thinking... Yeah, they're doing well. You know, they're playing some nice football, but um, it, it's a it's a run they're on. There's a little bit of a, a surge. Like, well, we can go there. We can match them. Probably outplay them. And that wasn't happening. <laughs> they were getting a rude awakening, and I think that carried on for a little while. And then, then eventually, the latter stage of the second season, they um, altered their approach a little bit, didn't they? Visiting teams, and it became a bit more difficult for Leicester. Yeah, that, that, that's something they've got to look to overcome. But defensively. Yeah, you know, back three initially, you think, well, okay, you know, it gives a greater assurance, etc. Morphs into a back five when, when you want to sit deep and soak up, like they do away from home. But they're loath to do that uh, too often at home, you know, for obvious reasons, even without the crowd there. And it, it, it can leave you exposed a little bit, I think, really, because I still think defenders, even in this era, are sort of more comfortable in, in the traditional back four. You know, they've been brought up on that. Played the majority of their career with it, you know, full-backs either one going, one sitting, or even if they both go, you know, you get the central midfielder to hold. And, and it, it, it's easier to sort of perhaps sometimes step up and play an offside if you've only got the two centre-halves. You can sort of work in more of a tandem if the opposition are playing on the counter against you. Perhaps on, on the transition, you sometimes can get caught on the hop a little bit because rather than be if you work in a pair, you just sort of you work together and you, you up together and you dat back shuffle etc. When there's a three that can become disjointed, sometimes one of them will go in, make a challenge, and the two others will shuffle around etc. So you're not always working in a straight line, and I think the gaps can appear for people to run into. Um, there was a little bit of the case on Monday night with Fulham with their opener. Leicester lost the ball. They were trying to sort of force the issue a little bit. They lost it. Must have been 80 yards from, from their own goal. But straight away, I said to myself, that's trouble. Because a big gap. Tillman's lost it, I think. Mendy was sort of caught square. And they were running at the heart of Leicester's defence. And it was it was only the defenders there to deal with it. And Fafana, 
He's still got a little way to go, hasn't he? He's shown us that over the last week yeah. or so. Um, for me, he made the wrong decision, which in turn forced Johnny Evans into the wrong decision because Fafana should have dropped him, jockeyed the run um, of Lookman, just hold him up a little bit, and Johnny could have come across and maybe dealt with that. Fafana, dropped, Fafana tried to block. Lookman timed his run well. Evans was stranded, couldn't get across, so he tried the offside um, to no avail, and, and Lookman was through on his own. So if, if that was a back four, maybe, that they'd have been a bit closer knit the two centre halves and more protection maybe in midfield or I don't know the left left back as it was maybe Fuchs for instance he might have tucked across and they'd have been more compact maybe but listen every system's got pros and cons you can look at it but yeah I'm still not sure let's do a quite good when you sit back deep and defensively on the edge of the box obviously great amount of numbers more security but a three soon gets fanned out when you move higher up the pitch and it's uh, it's more difficult to to apply in, in those situations. And that's where Leicester get caught out at times. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, how big a factor then is fatigue as well? Because we've heard Jurgen Klopp talking about the, the schedule and how it's punishing on players. But I would imagine as a player, and I'm certainly, James Madison has said it, they just want to play. They'd rather play the games than, than, and struggle, uh, than train. But also fans as well, because uh, from today, some clubs in the Premier League are going to have some fans back in the ground, particularly the ones in London. Leicester's in Tier 3. Um, this has been a hotspot for COVID for, for, for quite some time. Um, so they're not going to have any fans in any time soon. How much does that affect it as well in terms of home form? Yeah, I think fans is an issue. <laughs> this seems quite clear, doesn't it? But it's not just Leicester suffering with that, is it? And It's strange how it's developed. And, you know, people always say about supporters, being the 12th man, etc., more than an element of truth about that. You know, we knew it already, but it's just been confirmed now, hasn't it? You know, to play in not necessarily an overly structured way, sometimes it's just sort of get up and at them. It does have an influence, without a doubt, the supporters there. Um, but again, the players have got to, or managers, you know, they've got to find a, a way of playing that that can cope without that influence, really, because... In all likelihood, Leicester in particular, you just mentioned there, there's not going to be too many supporters around um, in the too near future, unfortunately. But um, in terms of fatigue, I don't really think, as you said there, Madison, he, he wants to get as many games as possible under his belt. I mean, he's missed a few. In his case, he, he's raring to go. There are certain instances, I think, like the likes of Yuri Tillemans. I thought we talked about him looking a lot sharper Lately, but he has had a flurry of games, isn't he? You know, I think there's a case for him to maybe be rested, as I'm sure he probably will be on, on Thursday night. 
But um, the majority of day, I know it sounds you know, a lot of games Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and it, it is. But you know, there's a big squad there. There's a lot of rotation. I know that there's injuries. I know, but and a lot are coming back this week as well. Matter in Zoila Hanska, the Rogers has confirmed that Ricardo yeah. Pereira. Uh, Wilfred Ndidi and Chalasun, so will make their comeback from injury on Thursday night. So there well, are reinforcements coming back. Yeah, perfect. Perfect for them as individuals. Perfect timely boost for Leicester as well, isn't it? But even without them, Tillemans aside, I suppose you could look at Fafana maybe, you know, think not as he'd been overplayed, but he could do with a little bit of a rest. But, you know, Brenner has got Wes Morgan there if he deems him fit and able to play. I'm semi-surprised he hasn't featured more often, to be honest. They're all getting their little rests as well, aren't they? It's probably mentally as much as anything, Rob. You know, like travelling on a maybe like a Wednesday, uh, they've got a the day before. I know everything's a little confined, etc., but and not stretched out, but you know they're in and out as quick as possible. But, you know, it's still training. Oh, oh another game at the weekend to focus on. It is relentless. It's more mental than physical, I, I would imagine. And, you know, that's where uh, Brendan Rodgers' experience will really come to the fore. Well, finally, let's uh, look back at another article that's on the Athletic website. Michael Cox has done a, a piece looking at Gary Lineker's career and Alan Shearer interviewing Gary and going over some of his great goals, including the the, the, the early in his career, his hometown club, Leicester City, Um and, and throughout the Diego Maradona um, uh, sort of tributes that we've been watching on telly, um, there's been a lot of emphasis on the 1986 uh, World Cup finals. But in yeah. that final, Gary Lineker finished with the golden boot. And watching that footage as well, just reminded you what a good striker he was in his day as well. Um, did you ever play against him? I didn't, no. No, I was just thinking that, you know, as we were talking, I never had the... Uh... <laughs> the pleasure or displeasure of playing against him. I'm quite grateful not to actually, because I don't think he'd have been quite my type of centre forward. You know, just lurking around, not doing a lot, always on your shoulder, always looking to run in behind. And uh, as you well know, Rob, pace was not my strongest attribute. <laughs> <laughs> a bit similar to Jamie Vardy, but without the, the aggressive streak, because yeah. obviously he's famously never got booked in his career. Yeah, I suppose there are similarities like that. You know, in terms of. The style of play, you know, without the fish. I know that's incredible, isn't it? Not, not, not getting put, you know, even unintentionally. How, how does that not happen? Or, <laughs> or if you don't I make don't any know. tackles, you can't get done. Can yeah, you? or even over celebrating a goal. Mind you, didn't get booked for that back then, did you? Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's a ridiculous stat. But that's even, you know, even crazier than the amount of goals he scored. But yeah, they're always looking to stretch defences. But he, he was. Like most players, probably a better player than he was given credit for, Lineker as well. Was he more than just an absolute poacher? But um, you know, he was very intelligent with his runs, wasn't he? You know, pick and choose when to go, lightning pace, but hell of a finisher as well, isn't it? Always it makes me, well, not laugh, but it baffles me sometimes how some people are not necessarily the world's best, te- best technicians, but they can do the most difficult thing and finish. You know, slot it goals in from... All different situations that, that some of the best players, you know, technically in the world can't do. It's just, it is a little bit of a natural gift or a natural eye for a situation, isn't it? And the, Lineker was certainly one of them. 
Yeah, he was one of the. He was certainly one of the best of his uh, generation. You can read that article on the Athletic website and app. Don't forget, you can get yourself a subscription to the Athletic for our best ever price of just one pound a month for twelve months, and you can cancel at any time. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicesterpod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Leicesterpod, and pay just one pound a month for twelve months of access our unrivaled Foxes coverage. This offer is for new subscribers only. Matt, we'll have to wrap it there for this week. Okay, Hopefully, where next week we'll be reflecting on a. Bounce back to form because Leicester are on the road again. Two back-to-back away uh, games coming up. We know how good they are on the road. Fingers crossed we're talking about a couple of victories as well next week, Matt. Thank you very much. Pleasure, mate. Let's hope they've got the shooting boots on, eh? Absolutely. And thank you very much to all you listeners. Join us again next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.